You guys missed it. Jay had a wonderful little song. Hanging out down at the park. Gonna have a good time. Gonna have a lark. We're playing some TTRPGs now. So sit on. Come on. Now don't have a cow. We're rolling some dice and having fun with friends. Make more characters. The party never ends. I love it, hun. You're wonderful. This is Shooting the Sheet, by the way. I'm She-J. He's He-J. And that's Miles. Yeah. This is a little bit different energy than the original song. The The original song was a little bit more Love Shack. Uh, but I'm also down for this. <laughs> I, I'm a little confused. Did you say we're LARPing or TTRPGing? Cause, like, I'm pretty sure I said RPG. Okay, I think yeah, I said LARP at one point. No, a LARK. Oh, yeah. LARK. With a cake. Okay. No, that would be great. Okay, because I was like, no, please. I'm I'm not feeling up for LARPing. I, Ugh, LARPing is a big, like, emotional investment I am not able to do. I also love doing, I really love doing uh, bullshit B-52s, like, improv stuff. I, I discovered that by, like, sort of B-52s freestyling about, like, uh, CIA espionage and war crimes and stuff. And be like, go to Jakarta, give guns to the fascists, it's the CIA, baby! No. CIA. No. <laughs> So we are a tabletop RPG <laughs> Gladi Gladio baby. We are a tabletop <laughs> RPG podcast uh, with bizarre energy levels today. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. uh, we are shooting the sheet, as we said. Uh, today, our topic is alignment. And as always, we'll get to that topic when we get to it. Um, uh, we're going to discuss alignments, our thoughts on alignments. I'll give you a spoiler now. I'm not big into most alignment systems um yeah and i've got some alternatives lined up uh some which of which I'm i've actually used um, I'm, well I'm i'd say some of them are alternatives some of them are just like slight twists on the existing traditional alignment chart but like i like them slightly better yeah, I'm excited to hear them. I don't really have much with that. Again, this is a very we're we're working we're we're working on off fumes today, guys. But I I know we're probably not going to get an episode out next week because uh, Jay and I will be taking a trip down to Norfolk, Virginia. It's Thanksgiving next week. Don't expect much. Um. Yeah, and Jay like has like a half a week trip planned, for, almost over half a week trip, uh, for his family. We're going to the country club. It, it's true. We've called like this place the chateau they make fun of me they say they say i came from a rich background and went to the lived in the chateau and that's a little true like when you talk what did your friends at the yacht club say when you told them that? i didn't have any friends at the yacht club i only went there with my siblings and we made a fool of ourselves and ate a bunch of chips where the <laughs> fuck did you go to a yacht club what, in, where uh, they... my grandparents place they okay. live in a rich people neighborhood in virginia Okay, yeah, I was just like, wait, hold on. Did was there like a Yakagani yacht club? That sounds boring as hell. <laughs> yeah, that, that would suck. Uh it's like Chesapeake Bay, I think, or like something near it. Mm. So, how about we start with Give Me a Guy, the segment in which we basically yeah. give each other some prompts and try to make a really weird character. Yeah, so the, the thing that we forgot how to do last week. Yeah. I think I've got a little bit more concepts now. Um, let's see. No, I got nothing at the moment if anyone wants to start it. Give me a guy. Uh, a lizard folk. Mm. 
Let's let's just go with a lizard folk ranger. Um, favored terrain desert. Okay. Uh, okay. So he's definitely a burrower. He's a burying. He's one of like he's like one of those snakes that knows how to shimmy itself all the way down into the sand. And you know so what? I think he's an ambush expert. I think even though um they're a ranger, they should have like almost like T Rex like hands. Like just picture those using a bow. Mm-hmm. Because they're mostly a snake, this lizard folk, um, mm. is what we've decided now. Or a we've got a we've got a skink Ooh. person, I guess. Though. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, uh, I mean, they use crossbows most of the time. That's easier with their um, little hands. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think they're a swarm keeper. I think they're a swarm keeper ranger. Tell me what that is. Basically, you have befriended a sort of nature spirit that can take the form of things like insects leaves like little fairies butterflies how about locusts it can be locusts why do you why do you think this place is a desert dust bowl effect Ooh. maybe this person was part of a group of these rangers that like is responsible for the eco uh, ecological destruction of an otherwise lush area i like this my my only not challenge but a different version of that would be what if they were like a cowboy and um their their swarm keeper thing like was like the dust balls that just sweep across everything. Oh, tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds, thank you. A tumbleweed swarm keeper. Yep. Um, hmm. Lizard folk. His name is Rango. Rango Silverscale. The skinky cowboy. <laughs> the skinky... When, when he approaches and the spurs on the boots, they're... If it were in a comic, they're... Automatopoeia sound effect would be skink, skink, skink as his boots rattle. And it would tell you what he is. So you might not know right away. Mm. Uh, Arch Nemesis, uh, a brutish Gila monster. Hell yeah. Okay, sorry. No, right, I only stopped is... because I think we hit a good point with that one. I actually we, really love We loved... sure did. That was fun. That was a good one. That was a good one. Alright, I have one. Give me a guy, gal, or non-binary pal that is... Uh, an alk a laundromat alchemist. A Ooh. laundromat alchemist. Okay. So I think they've got well, you said alchemist, so they are an artificer that is an alchemist for doing five E. I almost said that James Stephanie Sterling ish and said five E Triple A. Um love James Stephanie Sterling. Uh it's like JSS, you know? No. The full name. Every time. Um But uh so do you think a lot of their um, potions would be, like, different types of laundry detergents? I mean, I feel like there's definitely some laundry detergent uh, parts to it. Uh, oh, maybe instead of acid bombs, they have base bombs because, like, bleach and detergent and shit are much more basic but still definitely dangerous. Yeah, that's yeah, a good idea. Because chemicals, chemically speaking, doesn't, like, a high enough base just, like, also have the same effect as acid. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, do you remember if artificers learn color spray by any chance? I think oh, they, they can. I don't, but I think this specialized one would. Yes. yes. And the color spray is actually more just, like, mud or just, like, dirty clothing. Well, not... Hmm. No, they probably also have... Uh, oh, yes. they'd, they'd have to have create and destroy water, too. Mm-hmm. They're, uh... <laughs> If they are a martially inclined artificer, 
they've got a shield that's a washboard. Ooh, <laughs> that is right. a good one. That's good. Washboard mm. shield. Um, I was thinking there's like there's laundry stuff. I mean, if you're making soap, there's like lye involved. There's like mm -hmm. animal fats involved. Um, yeah. But I'm thinking about other things that go into laundry, such as if you have one of those like static balls or whatever that gets rid of the static, like maybe that can like be a little artifact that charges up like an electrical spell. Like once in a blue moon, you get an electrical mm. spell. Um, I mean, they'd, they'd almost certainly also have uh, stinking cloud uh, specifically because of the things you have to worry about when you're treating things with bleach. Um, yeah, that's that's all I'm gonna say about that because you can't trick me. Um. <laughs> as as someone do, that... do not combine bleach and ammonia in your garage. Yep, yeah. as someone who I made that mistake the hard way more than a couple times. Oh, I guess I never had to worry about that because I did a lot of stock work at yeah, have Dollar ever, Tree. Haven't you ever wondered why like most of my skin is gone on the left side? Uh, no, I thought that you're really bad at makeup. No, he just really likes Harvey Dent. <laughs> I'm so into that. I've wanted... Well, yeah, when I was 11, I really wanted to be Two-Face for Halloween, and I took it a little far. You're you're one of those denters? Um, but okay. Yeah, I'm a dentist. <laughs> uh, um, okay. Um, oh, name. We have to figure out a name. These ones are... Halabitha always... Suds. Ooh. Okay. All right. I don't know what that first name is, but... Halabitha is an intro... I, I didn't even hear it, <laughs> Halabitha. Halabitha. Like if Aretha was a halibut. <laughs> I think I, I knew the last name I wanted to be Suds, but I could not think of a first name. Nah, Halabitha. That's a that's a fun fantasy name. I might keep that for something now. Wait, what? Wait, who's... What, is, is there like a mobster named like Bugsy Malone? Yes. I'm sure. I'm, I'm just thinking Sudsy is kind of like a mobster name. Maybe Sudsy Malone. Hmm. Maybe. I mean... Are they using their laundromat for money laundering? Probably, right? It, you would think so, but it's actually uh, corpse disposal for the mob. Hmm. Okay. Trying to think of mine. There's starches. There's fabric oh, softeners. You can make something out of that. Dryer sheets, fancy oils, aromatics. Their whole person is just extremely concentrated starch. <laughs> Uh All right. Jay, can you get can you give us one to close out the bit? I think so. Um and work with me here. You might need to help me with the prompt itself. Um brain is a little frizzled. Uh, a little misfrizzled right now. Uh okay. So an ASMR paladin, but it is not Well, the ASMRs aren't necessarily part of their celestial bloodline doesn't necessarily relate to a deity. Hmm. I'm trying to do something where basically this would be a type of character, either like a warlock, a cleric, or a paladin, who is uh, their class, like the deity or uh, their patron if they're a warlock, is in counter opposition to like their birth parent. Mm. But again, I, I, it's not a fully baked one. Uh, I have dropped the ball. Okay, new idea. Give me a, a Wii Fit Trainer Monk. Ooh. 
Alright. I mean, gotta be Warforged, right? Yeah. You get a you get a Warforged monk. Uh I mean maybe Maybe Sun Soul Monk. Oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Sun sun yeah. The Sun Saluter Soul. Sun yeah. salutations. I mean, especially if we're going with uh the moveset in Smash Bros. I mean, I definitely didn't get my idea by just looking above my computer and seeing my <laughs> Wii Fit Amiibo. <laughs> which, uh, don't get me wrong, I was, I've been thinking about that for a while because, like, no lie, I love Wii Fit in that game. They are actually my main. I guess that's not unheard of, but they were my main back in Smash Wii U as well. Because I was pretty good with them and everyone's like, why would you play as her? I'm like, because she is goals. Um, mine was me, Swordsman, uh, but, but that's just because I couldn't play as Snake anymore. Anyway, um, oh, I, I don't really know what else to add for the, for a Wii I mean, maybe, Fit Trainer, like, like a, do, a Warforged like, Sun maneuvers by, like, yoga poses, mm -hmm. you know, like, I, I don't know if monks ever have to, like, do Naruto hand signs to cast the spell, but, like, I mean, they yes, would do it yeah. in yoga poses. Yeah, uh, and I think, like, all of their fighting moves would just be, like, just actual fitness. Oh, you know what? What would their alignment be? We are doing a, uh episode on alignment, and we never really or rarely discuss alignment and give me a guy. What okay. would We Fit Trainer? I I think We Fit Trainer, honestly, might be might be lawful good. Like, you are following I... that fitness plan, and you are doing it for self-improvement. No, mm -hmm. I think neutral good. Okay. Just not specifically lawful. I mean, nothing about... Nothing about the Wii Fit Trainer speaks to me as though there's, like, an institutionalized authority that there's a specific code that they follow. They follow the co code of the Wii Fit board, which I, I have... I have intense personal thoughts on Wii Fit Trainer versus the Wii Fit uh, board because the board is cruel the board will make you feel like shit if you gain any weight but trainer they're chill they're like hey we're here to help you just don't listen to what the board says because the board will make you feel bad i i, um, I can see i can see neutral good i was just kind of thinking about that like fitness plan idealized as a like structure uh but i guess that sort of gets into our topic of what we what would we define as lawful X in an alignment yeah. system, uh, which we'll get into. I yep. I feel like I have a much looser definition of it than a lot of other people do. I think my definition is also loose, but that's also because yeah. Anyways, I'm because you I don't want to make like a just... narc. <laughs> um, I th I've always thought the Wii Fit trainer was like understanding. You know, she is. She's a very good person. She is oftentimes encouraged me in times of need. I don't think we fit trainer would punish you for not abiding the code. Do you have any mm. news? This is the news time now. I got a couple little bits of news. I just stole all these from the uh, weekly news digest on EN World. The uh, uh, Wizards of the Coast is teasing a book for, I mean, like, as we always say, like half of this is just like consumer product, like news and stuff. Um, this one seems interesting. Uh, Wizards of the Coast is putting out some sort of setting called Strixhaven, a curriculum of chaos. That's oh, a wow, based I on already Magic the Gathering that was out. world. 
I, I, I honestly thought that that had long since been... I mean, I know that it had been announced already. Uh, they're teasing stuff. Uh, tavern games, a magical frog race, improv festivals, social encounters. Um, I like, I like a school setting. I think it's fun. Magic school's fun. What else can you say? I, um, Strixhaven is so uninspiring to me. Like, is it? looking, I, I don't enjoy Strixhaven, like, the setting, um, in in case people listening don't already know or hadn't or I hadn't said about it, I do like Magic the Gathering. Um, I realistically don't love a lot of aspects of it or the community, um, but I like I, I like a decent bit involved with it, and I played it for several years. I've fallen off a bit lately because I don't like Arena very much, and I don't have anyone to play with in person. Also, I wouldn't play with them in person anyway, generally because like. COVID is still a thing, yeah. so I'm not yeah. going to Friday Night Magic or anything. Um, but yeah, I I just I do not personally enjoy Strixhaven. I don't find it particularly inspiring, like I do with other parts of it. Like, oh yeah, we've got this school and it's divided amongst these different houses that are uh, different colors of magic, and it's like, okay, yeah. But oh, also, that sucks. yeah, it's. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it was. It was Wizards of the Coast trying to make their own Hogwarts, and it was just like, nah, we don't need that. And also, like, some of the houses, some of the, like, schools within Strixhaven are neat. Like, there's one entirely devoted to um, Erythromancy, or I think they might have called it Geomancy. I don't remember, but math magic. And that was cool. That was, that's interesting. But... I don't know. I'll keep an eye on this book, and if this book does something, like, genuinely transformative, like, redistributes things or creates a lot of new cool spells, eh, this is probably gonna be- this is probably gonna be a pass book for me. And that's coming from someone who bought the Ravnica and Theros D&D books, because I like Ravnica and Theros. I think they're fucking cool. I say, I don't have very strong feelings. My- my- my delving into magic has never gone into the lore, really. Um, I, I liked this one lady. She had black hair and white hair. I think she was part of, like, some uh, uh, Oras, Osiris. It was, like, some black and white organization. Osiris. The Orzov um, Syndicate. Yeah, them. <laughs> yeah. Name, was it Teresa? I don't know. Either way, I know that her, like, uh, second-in-command uh, was in a... Uh, it was a gay man in a relationship with... Is his name Raph, the red and blue planeswalker? That looks uh, kind of like Cap uh, uh, Doctor Strange. Oh. It's not Raph, because Raph Capuchin is a different person. I think... Is that Rawl Zarek? I don't remember now. It might be Rawl That would... That sounds a little familiar. Yeah, um, yeah Rawl Zarek. And... So that's about as much of the lore I knew. And honestly, the only thing I care about is there's one card that for some reason my brain hyper-focuses on. And it's called the Cruel Celebrant. And it's just like this elegantly, weirdly dressed vampire woman. Just like with a like a wine glass, I'm assuming full of blood. And just looking so happy like she's having a great time. And I'm like, yes, this. Okay. This think... is what... She is flourishing. She is in her element. <laughs> Okay, I think you were thinking of Tessa. Yeah, Tessa. 
Yeah, former no, she head was of the off. Orzov. <laughs> um, but yeah, cruel, <laughs> cruel celebrant. I remember you were talking to me about that at one point because cruel celebrant is like. It's technically an uncommon card, but I remember when I was starting out, uh, I I just I absolutely love uh, Return to Ravnica and Gate Crash and like that block, and so I ended up with a shitload of Cruel Celebrants because I was just getting like a lot of packs from that. At least I think I think I was. I don't remember now. Um, I have a lot of Cruel Celebrants. They are the crux of like my one good. Magic the Gathering deck. Um, uh, oh, no. Crux, Cruel Celebrant important. is War for the Spark. Oh, then I don't know why I have so many of them. I I didn't get a whole lot of War of the Spark packs. I just I, I guess I just uh, got unlucky or lucky, depending on your opinion of Cruel Celebrant. <laughs> for me, it's like this is the best day ever. Um, Jay, any other news? Did you say something about a, a malware? No, not yet. Um... <laughs> this is another dumb little plug, but uh, they always got like news about what the uh, Humble Books Bundle is about. And uh, this week, it's a bunch of Numenera stuff. We've Ooh. had some interesting times with Numenera, so... And I already... I did this before you even told me about the news. You got all those? Yeah. I posted that on Twitter a couple weeks ago. Oh, well. It's pretty good stuff. It really... Okay, those Numenera's. so... I will actually... Like, I don't want to say shill, but I will testify that Numenera is a great, interesting magic science fantasy setting that goes heavily off of what uh, Clark's third law that science that is sufficiently advanced will just seem as magic. Um, if Were, to you out there, did you get at all into the Dune universe and think like, this is so fascinating because it's about humanity, but in a future so far away that it's totally sort of like disconnected from any concepts of like uh, Earth's geopolitical system that we have currently is just like, totally erased by time. Numenera takes place so far in the future that uh, the planet that you might call Earth is absolutely indistinguishable from anything it is these days. And for $15, you're getting all of the core books. Um, this is really, this sounds the most like a plug, but I'm just saying, this is actually a really good deal. These are Tell PDFs. Tell about these great deals, Jay. But you're getting the core books. You're getting a lot of the supplemental material. This is a really good setting for someone who, again, it really loves fantasy but also wants to try something different uh, another part i've actually seen it compared favorably to like morrowind where morrowind uh elder scrolls 3 was for a lot of people some of their first example of fantasy that wasn't just european fantasy um mm. but it's a very interesting system and also really easy to learn how to run and to play there's still some depth involved in it, um, but it's uh, something that we'll also be using for Astral Refrain in the future because uh, Numenera runs off the Cypher system. But okay, I, it's the first time I've actually got really excited about something that appeared Ooh, in the news. Ooh, we love buying stuff, don't we, folks? Oh, God, I hate uh, that I do. Oh, the, there is another uh, Humble Bundle going on right now if you are a tabletop RPG person. It's only got a couple of days left as of the recording of this episode, so, like, jump on it. Walk, uh, don't run to these amazing <laughs> savings. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's it's a bunch of programs that allow you to make your own maps. Uh, and I'm always looking for a different way to make maps. Uh, I've been using Dungeon Alchemist for a couple of things lately, and that's fun. But in case you want other things or you want, like, alternate stuff or just, you know, yeah, 
if you're looking for a different way to make maps, there's a lot of programs in there, and I'm sure some of them are good. I can't, you know, rep any of them specifically, but yeah, that's something I'm going to check out too, because there's a bunch of cool Yeah, and I, I'll also admit, unfortunately, by the time this episode goes out, um, there will be uh, only a few more hours left in the Numenera one. Um, it ends, this episode will go out Friday morning, and it, the uh, podcast will be ending, I think, either, or not the podcast, the uh, Humble Bundle, I think, will be ending either Friday night or Saturday morning. Either way, uh, if you're one of our few friends that do listen to this, check it out, I guess. Any more news? Uh, sister companies Diamond Comics Distributors and Alliance Game Distributors have been hit by a ransomware attack. While the attacker typically uh, access the data, while the t while the attacker typically does not get access to the information, it is unusable by the victim of the attack that they cannot access the encrypted data. This particular attack affected Diamond and Alliance websites and order processing systems. Law enforcement is involved in the investigation. and Recovery efforts are already underway. A follow-up report from ICV2 states that the company is still shopping, shipping. New products to comic and game stores with priority on Magic the Gathering pre-release content. On new releases, other new releases may be delayed between two to four days. Customer data and financial information was not affected as it is stored on a different system. You know what we're missing here? I've read all that stuff and I'm like, none of this is interesting. Uh, what did they want? What did, what was the ransom demands? That's the yeah. big question. What if, uh, what if they thought that this was a diamond company, diamond comic <laughs> distributors, and they're like, a diamond and alliance distributors and they're like we have to take out the american diamond alliance and steal all their crystals what do you and they're and the brand the fbi has just been on the phone with the with the hackers just be like they don't have diamonds be like what do you mean they don't have diamonds maybe they're just angry magic the gathering fans who are upset about how much the gays are thriving in the new innistrad set or uh any of the other billion reasons magic the gathering fans are mad about it I am excited for the new Innistrad set. I Innistrad's another another uh, setting that I just genuinely really enjoy. There's just so many That's... vampires and werewolves and shit. I uh, have heard good things about that. Um, I I don't know if I'm gonna get into this uh, magic. Um, I'm not. No, I'm gonna need this magic. Uh, the person I I don't really have anyone that I play magic with in person at the moment. And honestly, I, it's just another expense I can't get into. Uh, yeah. Magic is a continual expense. Like, I think that's why, like, tabletop RPGs, they, they, that can be a very expensive hobby, but it can be a sure of a heck lot cheaper overall to keep up your engagement with it than magic if you want to stay relevant. Or, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um,. But I think that's it for the news. That's it. Uh, I admittedly do not have anything in this GM. Oh, you know what we didn't do though. What happened to us this week in RPGs? Uh, did did this week I've been in two games again. That's almost as much as I used to be, which means I could even pick and choose. I I um, have been in three games this week, and I will actually be in a. In, in another one in two days. I envy your... Would you like to tell us about them, Mr. Popular? Well, yeah, the one in two days... In any of them? Well, the one in two days I'm very excited for. It's a session zero for a... Uh, 
a game set during the Clone Wars TV show. Uh, and I'm just so fucking pumped for that. It's by the it's from the same GM who does the Final Fantasy game, which is absolutely incredible. And this past week we had a really cool session. Um, Bugenhagen is dead. He gave his entire life force to get Aerith reconnected to the life stream, um, which was like really dramatic and sad and great. Um, it was the second session I've cried during this week. Um, so I'm, I'm two for two. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a whole lot of fun just in general. And uh, now we're going through Nibelheim and about to and, and we just woke up Vincent. But we fucked up and didn't notice that he was actually alive. We thought he was dead. Uh, so now he's very angry with us <laughs> and I think grabbed our red mage that we picked up in uh, Gold Saucer. Oh no, a Dracula. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting I, talking to him. I, I'm i very intrigued by your Final Fantasy VII. It, you're right, like... I... It sounds like they've done a lot of good work just homebrewing 5e in that. Absolutely. Um, uh, the, the GM... Uh, Mo has put in so much fucking work and it is absolutely incredible how much they've done with this um, I'm sorry did it, you say your GM's name was Mo? Yes Oh it's my ex that I saw, contacted through a band camp today. No uh, I'm I mean, sure there's more than one Mo out there in the world Yeah Yeah probably that would, that, so would, that, would be a, that would be a terrifyingly weird coincidence um, yeah, I'm assuming yours isn't actually named Mahmood. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, what else would what else would Mo be short for? Morgan. Uh huh. That's it. I don't know, uh, but yeah, they've put in a ton of work on it and have done a phenomenal job with it. Uh, I feel bad at times because I I deflect from emotionally painful moments with humor. And that's, and and often I immediately regret that because I feel bad for spoiling the tone sometimes, uh, because because uh, why would you why would you have an emotionally healthy response to processing things? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't understand any of that whatsoever, and yeah, I definitely yeah. don't uh, think that I also do something at least somewhat similar, <laughs> which is why I would never be able to really run a long horror game. Um, but I, I want to give some one shots of that a shot. But uh, yeah, they've uh, done some fascinating things, and 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 Yuffie's got her level three limit break now. She's the only one in the party to have it because she got an extra level for being really good at gambling. They're gonna say for stealing everyone's materia. No, she hasn't stolen <laughs> everyone's materia yet. But I mean, Cloud's got a shiny new summon materia and max ranked uh, lightning and ice materia, so. Oh, Yuffie, mm. you, you go get that girl. I you mean, get what you want. Dirge of Cerberus isn't canon for this game, but I'd love to see her steal the steal the fucking chaos material from Vincent's chest. <laughs> uh, so we did finally start up Astral Refrain. Um, not a whole lot, I think, to actually say about the game itself. It was fine. We were all getting back into character because it's been a while. Um. 
I again, everyone should check that out. Most Sundays at uh, one at Wizard at Twitch, uh, 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard. We are playing it in the Savage Worlds uh, Adventure Edition Pathfinder, very specific version. Uh, rules and in space. Yeah, it, yeah, I mean, I'll chill for myself at the end. But I have. I to mean, say, it's not chilling doing... if you genuinely believe in a thing. <laughs> That's yeah. part of the definition. I think um, the thing I'll say about that though is it really does. And I will always be grumbly, grumbly about VTTs until I find my like holy grail. And I think because. And this could be... I think we're going to have to have a specific VTT topic at some point in the future. Um, once we've all tried even more. Because there are a lot now. Um, mm -hmm. But I've been recently finding out that having too many things in theory be automated slows down things when they're not working. Or you don't know how to make them work. More so than if you had just done them by hand. And... I, I guess at this point, I'm like, I'd rather just have a really lightweight thing that's like, here's the map, here's the character sheets, we're just kind of, and here's a dice roller. Um, That's really all you need. Um, There's, like, you know, a lot of the character sheets on VTTs, you just, like, click the skill and it auto-rolls whatever you have, but, like, I don't think you even need that. You gotta... I mean, you're already losing the tactile function of actually rolling dice that you might get in person, so why not, like, type it in actually so you feel like you're doing something there's a few that again if they work they work and it's great but I, again i've noticed that whenever things aren't working it's like well how do i do this like i don't know well i guess now we're going to break our pace to see if we can figure this out um it's just more trouble than it's worth but i'm just cursed with vtt's oh that's true so uh my experiences are not universal, especially because I don't use them for 5e, which 5e is the most supported system out there. So, yeah. Yeah, you gotta always gotta get these, like, you know, home-coded uh, <laughs> bootleg-ass VTTs. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, um, I, 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 I spent a good long while working on uh, getting a Glitter Hearts sheet actually functioning in... Uh, in another VTT. Which I'm excited to try that one out when it's out. Um, more so than it is now. But I do have three that I'm going to like. Actually if I ever remember. We'll post in our uh, Discord. To check out. But um, yeah. And aside from that though. I, I We in our 5e game. And we'll try to be quick with this one. Because it was weirdly emotional this week. Um, sure was. Weirdly, consistently emotional. I had a fantastic uh, deceit gauntlet, a deception, a palooza, where uh, my shapeshifter doppelganger uh, took the form of like a commander to clear out the last couple uh, erstwhile soldiers from this base by just perfectly convincing their dumbasses to leave. Uh, excellent work, and I say so for myself. I think I really improved the hell out of that. You super did. Thank you, you very much. You did such a good job that I fell in love with you again. Look, I'm already sucking my own dick. I don't need you get crowding the space. <laughs> that, there's only room, from there's only room for one mouth around here. Where's that joke from? I don't remember. Oh, okay. I thought it was from your brain. Oh, it is. <laughs> um. Uh, but, yeah, the uh, the paladin and our former artificer, whom 
who made a pact with Asmodeus last session, um, and is now a dragon knight, which is fun, uh, had, had a little emotional back and forth where the, uh, the she immediately paladin- lost the dragon. She got back. The, the paladin just essentially decided that emotions are less important than working together. So she needed to shut those off. Um, and slash like try to leave and then that didn't work because the dragon knight kind of stopped her and talked her out of it and then the dragon knight was like hey yeah I made a deal with Asmodeus so that I could have this dragon and save a bunch of towns but now I I think I need to go and the paladin stopped her from leaving um, and then a sword that the art that the dragon knight had been working on back when she was still an artificer um she had started to work on a sword, and in the previous session, the paladin's sword shattered during a crit fail. Uh, and so they took the hilt of that former uh, shattered sword and the blade of the sword that the artificer had been working on, and they reforged it into a new sword um, that we called uh, Reforged Bond. Because they've been, they've been, like, a little rocky lately, but, but mm-hmm. they're friends, they're friends now again I, I still don't know how their relationship is less stable than fucking my and jay's characters that the entirety of their relationship was alive but they seem good i think when you dissolve a relationship you can just build it up as anything you want yeah yeah um because um, like our characters seem pretty chill with each other overall i'm i'm really exhibiting a lot of i think my gen- like normal personality zen through my character Oh god, what am I presenting through Azrael? Constant anxiety attacks? Yes. Like we talked about a couple episodes ago. Uh, <laughs> identity crises. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, oh, also that sword, because of the two fireballs that got fired like right beside this forge, and the fact that the forge is powered by a still-beating heart of a red dragon, I let them roll for it, and the Dragon Knight crit succeeded uh, on something, I don't remember. Oh, on like understanding how the magic was working there so the the sword also does a little bit of fire damage too because it's capturing some of that energy plus they're fucking level seven and very few of them have like even a plus one thing which is unusual for me uh so i was like (laughs) yeah fuck it you you get an additional d6 of fire damage on this longsword I mean, that's good, because it felt like everyone was having some hard time hitting things uh, during the the big... Okay, ignoring the th- smoke cloud. Yeah, um, I mean, to be fair, you were fighting a bunch of heavily armored things, but yeah. Also true. Um, and you oh, know, yeah, and you also got... You, you, lost your, uh, you lost your bag of holding in your entire treasure pool, but you just gained a, a completely new treasure pool, because you... It's uh, a really good treasure pool, too. Yeah, you ransacked the treasure room of this fortress because no one was in there to tell you not to, so now you've just got a bunch of shit. And you know what like, I was thinking? a ridiculous amount of money. We did, like, and honestly, like, I feel like maybe outside of game, which we have not talked about this, like, what we're doing with this fortress now, um, because cause I know Azrael would be like, let's let's turn this into a place that if people need, like, we are kind of doing war against a uh, uh, chili girl. Um, 
Yeah, but... yeah, uh-huh. You're... You sure are gonna commit some acts of war. <laughs> but, you know what, Ajay, I think you're right. Like, your character is exhibiting some of your chillness. It's like... And I think that's why Azrael's like... The relationship already feels pretty mended. Like, in a few sessions ago, when no one was looking... Uh, when neither grabbed Azrael's hand when they were, like, freaked out because of the, uh... Um... What's it called? Uh, the tied up mind flare, and they were just like, "Well, I guess I gotta kill it." Well, that's not how that happened, mm -hmm. but I was gonna say, and then, like, I think saying that you actually liked someone when you were deceiving them is like, "Oh, good. Okay, I wasn't a mark. I mean, or wasn't just a." Oh yeah, I had said specifically it was really nice to like get a good, big old deceitful ruse in successfully, and they're like, "Oh, do you take pleasure in that?" And it's like, "Well, yeah, when I'm not emotionally invested, and it's." becomes more complex which i mean i think there's a reason some fun questions to explore about morality in the future in our game yeah but and let's we let's have... talk about morality with alignment things uh do we want to read the one story real quick yes okay cool this one's actually a pretty good one um uh i this one sometimes i usually just skim these ones but while we were driving i just read this word to word to jay just because we had time to kill. I was like, well, let's actually get a good one today. Not that our other ones are bad, but you know. Eh. We, we've, we've whiffed once or twice. <laughs> we have whiffed once or twice. Sorry, give me a second. Jay, uh, no, no shade on Jay. Jay's usually multitasking during the, uh, the, um, podcast. Cut this out. Our story this week posted on r slash rpg horror stories by user electronic outside four lawful stupid meets chaotic annoying in clash of assholes that's what i call a double-sided dildo <laughs> okay okay <laughs> this is another tale for my paid dm adventures one of the things i see a lot is people who just want to conk out and play city little tropes in short games troops in short games it makes sense who wants to invest a lot in a character for two to three short sessions with strangers so when this group handed in their character sheets, no alarm bells were rung. There were five players, but only two were problematic. The lawful, stupid paladin and the chaotic, annoying bard. The paladin was a special case. She was lawful neutral and would follow the letter of the law precisely and firmly. I personally prefer it when PCs follow the law. It means I'm much less likely to have to rein in a torture scene, deal with the party stealing from each other or such shenanigans. But this paladin would only do something if the law of her god said she could every few seconds. Does my god let me open doors without knocking? Does my god prefer if I eat bread with jam or peanut butter? She wouldn't wipe her ass if her god didn't specifically allow it. Very annoying in and out of game. When I told her I wouldn't let her know what the god... When I told her that I would let her know what the god wasn't happy with, she got very annoyed and started accusing me and everyone at the table of cutting her RP short. Her RP of what to have for breakfast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. At the same time, the bard was ten different characters in one. True chaotic, none of his decisions were making any sense. When I asked to quit if he handed me the classic, it's what my character would... When I asked to quit it, he handed me the classic, it's what my character would do, and said he had a mysterious backstory which justified everything. I asked if he wanted to share that with the DM, he said no. If they weren't, if they weren't paying for my time, I'd have dropped them on session one, but alas, I was saving up for a holiday. Playing with the two of them was like herding cats. By the time the paladin had decided she was allowed to do something, the bard had flitted to the next thing like a schizophrenic butterfly. 
He picked fights with NPCs who'd done nothing wrong, buddied up to obviously evil guys, and skip off without the group to do whatever the heck he wanted. The plot and game development... Game development, oh my god, why can't I read today? The plot and game quickly derailed. I suggest we take a break as usual. I take some time to discuss things with all the players. They weren't thrilled, but wanted to keep playing. So I stuck with them for yet another session of horror. The bard describes he's going to rob a grave. Long story short, they were ghost hunting. Which is obviously not legal, so the paladin tries to stop him. And then she realizes that her god wouldn't like her hurting a friend, so she can't do anything to him. Unfortunately, she says it aloud, and I could practically hear the bard thinking. So he hits her. The players have agreed PvP would be allowed as long as it didn't get personal. He wasn't using any weapons, but she couldn't do anything back to him. I try to intervene, but the paladin tells me, no, I've got this, and rolls a nat one to persuade him to stop it. I try to step in again, and one of the other players tells me to let this play out, and the paladin agrees because he won't seriously hurt me or anything. If you've ever seen that YouTube video of cooking a chicken by slapping it, it was like that. Slow, torturous, painful to watch. That wee bastard bard slapped all 44 of her HP down to zero, one at a time. I didn't allow him to actually kill her, and luckily for me, the other players were in absolute hysterics. Paladin is freaking out, really annoyed. I point out that she could have just stopped him, or, you know, walked away, and that she's still alive. The bard then turns to slap one of the others, and the whole party just jump him, and singed him in one turn. His last words were, I don't regret, regret anything. The paladin dropped out after that, but the bard re-rolled a much, much less annoying character. And I like this story because we saw two extreme examples of how not... One extremely lawful, one extremely chaotic. Yeah. Both annoying. In fact, I wonder, at some point, maybe this guy was, this bard player was just like, I'm going to have to sacrifice my bard to get this very annoying paladin out of here. And that's maybe a, that was maybe a 5D chess move. <laughs> it's possible. Um, it does seem like that was a short game session, like two to three sessions, so, uh, I mean, I will say, like, one shots are where you make your most interesting characters. The idea that you wouldn't want to invest time into making a detailed, interesting character for a one shot is so foreign to me, because that's where you can just, like, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. But at least that's how I play one-shots. I I once made a one-shot character who was a fucking bard themed around fishing. Like, his Dimension Door spell was him, like, using his sword that had a fishing rod handle as a, like, dimensional fishing rod and just, like, casting through a gate and pulling him through it. Uh, I love shit like that. Because you can so be much. fucking silly. You can be silly because you're allowed to. Um, but yeah, oh my god, they both sound deeply I don't even know what. Just annoying. If you talk yeah. to the, if you talked to the paladin, if it didn't seem like they were actually lawful stupid, there could be a case made for that being a potential arc. But yeah. like um but, F if I know, uh, it was just a good example of how not to run a lawful character. Yeah, because, like, 
okay, you can't harm a friend, but you can make them stop harming you. You could, like, hold both of their arms to get them to stop doing that thing. It was a combination of high rigidity and low creativity and yeah. that made this lawfulness really... Which, hey, visible. guess what? That's really common for lawful characters. That's it, that's why the term lawful stupid exists. And maybe I'm just a little incredulous, but he said one HP per at a time. It's like so, and you, that she had 44 HP. It's like so. There were at least 44 rolls. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, so unarmed damage in 5e, unless it is like a natural weapon or you're proficient with unarmed attacks, unarmed damage is one. It is one damage. Yeah. No, that's what I just mean. Is like I'm like. You let them roll at least 44 times for this. My assumption oh, is that since she was not, uh, the, the paladin player was not resisting, probably didn't roll. Probably was just like, slap again. Keep slapping. Keep on slapping. And just I like, hope. yeah. Because I can't imagine. I can't imagine they'd do that longer than like, four maybe four times like the first four times like okay just yeah you're not you're not fighting this J go ahead yeah oh god and like the bard sounds insufferable but that's so let's yeah. get into our topic so if you made it this far and for some reason you're listening to a tabletop rpg podcast and you don't know what alignment is in Basically, we're going over the Dungeons and Dragons, specifically the 5e alignment system. If you, you don't know those and you've made it this far into the podcast, you must be one of our close personal friends that is somehow not involved in one of our D&D groups. I will also say it's, this alignment system is far reaching enough to be familiar, even if you even if you can't think of it right now. You, you've almost certainly ran run into it at some point yeah. Wait, i mean hell a it's a it's internet. a meme were you format a kid on the internet in like 2009 and you're like oh dc superheroes alignment charts or something i, I see those too. I, I know i see them yeah. sometimes too an alignment chart is a three by three little grid of nine squares that on one side on one axis of it like detail uh lawful neutral chaotic and then on the other one, good, neutral, evil. So you can have someone that's lawful good, which is goody two-shoes, obey, obey the law. Someone who's a little chaotic good, like the... maybe the guy from, uh... oh, you have the description. I was going to say, I was actually going to read what they have as here, because this might also differ than how we view them ourselves. The... Um, because I think we all have our own internal views of this. So before we get into what they are, each of them, just know for anyone who has, knows nothing about tabletop that like they inform sort of like the moral character and the behaviors and like how you enact the moral character of your character. Mm -hmm. and but it's guidelines. It's not rigid, or at least it shouldn't be. Some people do it rigidly. Pathfinder if does it I... especially rigidly, largely because it's tied so much to your deity if you are a paladin or a cleric. Otherwise, also, strong, no one gives a that shit. That was a strong should. I believe it shouldn't. <laughs> so we will just begin with, again, this is just off the Dungeons & Dragons fandom uh, wiki. Just because I don't feel like popping open the book. So, Lawful Good. A Lawful Good character is a protector. The iconic example of a Lawful Good is a paladin, a holy knight, uh, 
who protects the weak and destroys evil. I already regret this choice because I think a neutral good character believes in altruism over all else. Chaotic good character believes in freedom of the highest virtue. The iconic example of chaotic good is Robin Hood, who rebels against authority as a way to protect the poor from poverty and suffering. Lawful neutral. A lawful neutral character obeys principle as the highest virtue. Uh, facts over feelings, folks. Um, for example, a judge who treats all fairly and equally would be considered lawful neutral. Um, mm. True neutral. A, neutral. a true neutral character is neutral on both axes, axes and cares not for any stance of alignment. This often describes someone who cares only for their own personal needs, neither inclined to hurt or harm others, nor to obey or rebel. A few true neutral characters rather follow an internal philosophy of balance. One such example is Mordenkainen, an archmage, 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 I am messing up my words today, on the word world of Orith, who uses his great power to maintain the status quo and prevent any one force from becoming too powerful. D&D uh, &D creator Gary Gygax preferred this definition of true neutral, but he also thought that women's brains weren't made for playing Dungeons and Dragons. I, I should should I tone down that no that stuff like <laughs> no no uh, we're no we're not toning down how much of a dipshit we think Gary Gygax was. Okay, thank you for helping to create something that uh we all love, but also yeah, chaotic yeah. neutral. A chaotic neutral follows their their heart, but without the willingness to self sacrifice as a chaotic good character might. A great many adventurers are chaotic neutral, doing what they wish and rejecting all forms of authority. Some chaotic neutral characters follow a deliberate philosophy of destroying the old to make way for the new. Um, lawful evil. A lawful evil character is a tyrant. They have no moral qualms about punishing individuals for the greater goal of furthering society. A lawful evil villain is often easy to deal with as they can often be trusted to keep their word. Really? Uh. Okay. Uh, for some reason, like, I feel like they just are good with twisting the law. Yeah, but... that's that's a weird that's a weird line. Like, oh, lawful characters are honest. Oh, okay. Yeah, never mind. Hold on. Yeah, do do your thing. I just remembered something stupid from the Pathfinder 2.0 playtest. Oh, well, okay. Two more. Oh, actually, three more, technically. A neutral evil character is selfish and has no problems harming others to get what they want if they can get away with it. Chaotic evil. A chaotic evil character is malevolent. A villain bent on revenge might be of this alignment, where the most powerful lawful evil villains might aim to conquer the world. This might be preferable to their chaotic evil counterparts, who would destroy it. There's also unaligned, but um, it for 5e, it basically, it seems like a character without the ability to make rational moral choices might be considered to have no alignment. Um, like, all animals fall into that in 5e. Um, and 4E, and I completely... There's no, what, the, the dogs, there's no good boys? Oh, when they're all good boys. They're all neutral. Yeah. Um, there's no evil dog to contrast with. I forgot that in 4E, um, unaligned refer to all creatures who are neither good nor evil. Um, and so that was just neutral. Mm -hmm. And unless you guys want me to go into the origins of it which there is some interesting aspects of it but i think we ramble on a lot and we're definitely gonna repeat episodes at some point because we can always find more to say and forget what we said last time 
yeah, we were mm -hmm. talking about a friend we wanted to bring on to talk about uh, this, but, like, it was kind of short notice, so we'll definitely, like, at some point do, like, an alignment part two or something. A realignment. <laughs> In my experience... So let's talk, let's talk about how we do these. Mm -hmm. In my experience, my guy always tends to veer chaotic, even when I'm not trying to. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should try something that's specifically lawful, like a lawful neutral. That yeah. like, and the lawful can also be a really good uh, structure for motivating your character when you know they have a code that they live by. Yeah, so I'm, that's that's part of how I feel like the book definition and my definition of lawful sort of become like at odds because I view lawful as having a code. It doesn't necessarily have to be a code that responds to any sort of higher authority, whether that be governmental or divine, but some sort of set of rules that you view as like vitally important to you as a person. Uh, yeah, I like that better than just as written in the book, um, um, because it, it's it's why I um, one of the one of the alternatives to lawful and chaotic that I've seen is honor and dishonor, and I do kind of like that to a degree. Where like if you are on the dishonor end, it's not that you are like a shitty person, but it's that you don't see being perceived as honorable as an important thing. I do kind of like that. That's interesting. Um, usually for my games, unless you're playing a paladin or cleric or a warlock, I usually just don't give a damn about your alignment uh, past the extent of what is your character's basic moral compass. There are... Yeah. I, I don't see playing specifically to an alignment usually creating better characters um now again if you're yeah. using this to like i like having a guideline and like a little look to be like yeah i think i want my character to kind of be like this like presenting different moral outlooks is cool or not cool it's useful it's interesting and it can help people think outside their boxes but uh, there are just GMs out there, and I, I know a few, I play with one, and I, I love him to death, but, uh, he really, like, if he thinks you're playing outside your alignment, like, if you're neutral good and he thinks you're going too much into chaotic good, he'll, like, actually stop you and be like, are you sure that's, like, what your character would do? It's like, well, yeah, that's what my character would do. Especially mm -hmm. because I think, like, in real life, people's moral codes are constantly being challenged, and absolutely in a good Dungeons and dragons game your moral code should be questioned constantly yeah i oh i i that's part of why i like the idea of um there there's these sort of true uh alignment things like we we know about true neutral which is neither good nor evil neither lawful nor chaotic um just true neutral but then you also have things like true lawful and true good and uh, true chaotic and true evil. Where like a true good character is a little bit different from a neutral good character. Where it's like a neutral good character is open to some form of altruism and like is, is going to be enacting that in a way they can. A true good character is like 
just like very uh, like single-minded on doing what the right thing is uh and i feel like that creates a little bit more possibility for indecision uh and anxiety around that i don't love true alignments um it's how you get things like lawful stupid or chaotic dick um mm-hmm. but it it can be a little bit useful mm-hmm. especially I since the the ideas there's... of an alignment chart create these like tiny little brackets when it should be much more of like a venn diagram yeah it's just sort of your starting idea if anything yeah um you know and... i'm thinking about like uh emergent alignments such as uh lawful dumbass but um what about arbitrary evil that happens it certainly does um oh mm-hmm. i wanted to say uh the the sort of like idea of a lawful character always keeping their word even if it's a lawful evil character is so fucking funny to me that's ridiculous like oh yeah the fucking wicked despot who's in charge of this country they'll keep their word yeah that no, was they so fucking weird. won't like, what are you talking that, about that sentence was so out of whack no they're they will twist the law to crush you beneath their heels yeah. Um, but it reminded me of, in the Pathfinder playtest, there's the Paladin Code. And it's a code that all Paladins must follow in it, uh, because apparently they forgot that Paladins can be something other than lawful good. Um, but included in it is one of the tenets, You must act with honor, never cheating, lying, or taking advantage of others. Your Paladin is forbidden from lying, or they lose connection with their god what the actual fuck yeah aren't paladins supposed to be cops and you're not allowed to lie are you shitting me but just like not being able to lie in an official capacity okay but not being able to lie period is whack just imagine Um, your friend like is having a rough day uh they look like crud but like they're doing their best. They're they're barely a verge of like making it past a breakdown. They turn to you and like, hey, how do I look? And you, as a paladin with the paladin code, you are the most atrocious thing I've ever seen. And I love you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it just uh, that, that that is a degree of character control that I absolutely cannot stand, and it's part of why alignment is so frustrating. Because it so often creates this vicious cycle where it's like, okay, well, I guess I should decide what my character's alignment is. And then you get sort of, you you feel like you get trapped in that frame mm. of reference. Like, oh, well, I have to do that because that's that's in my alignment. Like, nah, fucking change your alignment. Do it. Mess with shit. Like, um, in our Frostmaiden game. Look, if you really game, need a narrative like reason to change your alignment, make it so it's like when Prince Zuko like has such a moral crisis, he's like has a fever for a week yeah and put them out of commission until they like learn something about souls when in our frost maiden game our artificer made a pact with asmodeus uh the player texted me and was like hey should i change my character's alignment now because i have a a pact with asmodeus and i'm like bonded with him slightly magically it's like well no 
because you chose to enact that bond partially out of personal gain, but largely to save the lives of thousands of people. That is still a good act. You 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 did the exact like definition of chaotic good. Mm-hmm. No, and that's a good like good call on your part there, Miles. Um, um Oh I think I uh, no, sorry. You say your thing. Oh, I've, I've, I've got a thing to say after. I was just going to say, I forget what my character's uh, alignments are half the time after I start playing them because I'm like, oh, wait. Are you neutral or chaotic good? I'm sorry. I, 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 <laughs> I didn't know your alignments for the Frost Maiden game until it was relevant because I introduced a magic item that could only be wielded by a chaotic... or by a non-good character. Uh... At which point I realized, like, oh, like, a good- most of this party isn't technically good. Like, they are, but they- but there's a lot of- there's a lot of neutral in our party. And uh, I think that neutral is an interesting one. Uh, so, chaotic neutral, it gets yeah. a bad rap, and I think it kind of- it's not that it itself deserves it. I think that it- it attracts a lot of edgelords to it. It you don't want to quite does. go to chaotic evil, but yeah. I, I chaotic neutral can like, be incredible sorry. because it mm -hmm. is it is the most free will of alignment sections. Like it it is the ultimate in free will. Like you are not beholden to anything, and can do what you want when you want to do it. Mm-hmm. But also, like, it, it just, yeah. No, and that brings a lot of, because it brings out, uh, if we want to be weird and Freudian. Uh, that, that Ew. Is, uh, yeah. No, he, it, I mean, he's he's gross and widely discounted. It's fine. Sorry, I it, like, anytime I talk about anyone, it, it's like, so, ew, gross, a person. Um, But I played one chaotic neutral character, actually. Uh, and it was only for a couple games because that game folded. Actually, I played two chaotic neutral characters, but they probably were more true neutral. Um, uh, but this chaotic neutral character, I went in with it trying to do something a little different than I'd normally done. This character, while not at first starting to be, was ended up being based a little bit like an elven version of the character Jerry Blank from Strangers with Candy. <laughs> who was a teenage runaway for 32 years. Now, the thing is, my character was an elf, so they were a teenage runaway for a lot longer than <laughs> 32 years. Which, uh, that character, we... But now I'm back to finish high school. <laughs> that character, uh, we did... We... I was a boozer, a user, and a loser. <laughs> I mean, that's actually basically all you need to know about the character, uh, but... Like, I, I rolled on the random table with our GM for that because he, like, really just wanted to try it out once. I was like, okay. And we rolled, like, the max number of events that happened to this character because, you know, an elf. And so, it's like, oh, God, this character was kidnapped by a dragon for a few years. Oh, they were invisible. Like, they accidentally turned themselves invisible for a year. They created a permanent dimension door in the town. Uh, they have a wife. The wife does not love her. Um, They had just... A whole lot of crazy shit, but the main thing about this character was I was playing them as someone who had a really shitty life. 
And while the idea of doing something good sounded appealing, if that at all would possibly really threaten them, they would not do it. They would probably, they would not save their friends, at least at the beginning. They would probably have some development on that. But it's like, no, shit, I I'd fucking die. That's, you know, I was going to play them like a coward, kind of. Mm. Um, that's just how I was going to do chaotic neutral. I don't know, chaotic neutral, again, alignments are odd. I think they work great as a way to get your brain thinking. Yeah. Um, I've seen, oh, you know what? Something I want to do before we move on to other uh, alternatives. Mm -hmm. Let's take a look at uh, a sort of classic alignment example. Let's try and let's try and classify Batman, because I have seen basically no one agree on what alignment to consider Batman. I have seen everywhere from like chaotic chaotic good to lawful neutral and like basically anything but evil aligned for batman it's like okay let's 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 take a moment if if y'all are interested and and I let's try and this. place batman my my initial joke is to say he is stupid rich that <laughs> is but um that's an alternate that's an alternate uh alignment <laughs> chart where you have uh rich getting by poor <laughs> and then you have uh genius functional dumbass but uh okay so actual batman and i do like i, I guess we are doing the vague concept of batman not a specific batman you know i think i have seen an alignment chart for <coughs> excuse me all the batmans on an yeah. alignment chart you know what? I mean, uh, I mean, Christopher Nolan Batman is full like chaotic neutral. Mm-hmm. Uh, and My, and that's all we have to say about the the Christopher Nolan Batman movies because so I, would if if I say more about them, people will be mad. Okay, I don't Adam like West them. Batman. The best one is neutral good. My, I'd even as say Batman lawful as a whole, good. especially recently, my like my galaxy brain leftist is just like, well, lawful evil, of course. He's got his idea of what crime is and what to do with it, and just brutalizes people for the most part. Although that is, of course, in the context of Batman versus criminals, Batman versus super criminals is decidedly different. The mm -hmm. super criminals like are not, you know, reflections of the real world outcomes of poverty and disenfranchisement. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a leaf you, lady now. Look at me. You, I'm, you, I'm getting there. We got some potted plants in this house now. You also, you I, also have to consider whether whether that includes Bruce Wayne and like depending on the iteration, Bruce Wayne does way more good than Batman because he actually uses all of that ridiculous wealth and intelligence to try and solve systemic issues. But because it's a comic, you can't actually solve those issues because. If suddenly, like, income inequality and uh, healthcare inequality and everything were solved in Gotham, Batman would no longer exist. You couldn't continue to have comics set in Gotham because, alright, we took away all the socioeconomic causes for crime. Yeah, I Batman guess that's is not going now. to be able to become the billionaire class trader that, like, you know, disassembles these, manages to some way or another disassemble these hierarchies and, like, you know, lead to the Marx predicted world revolution. Batman's I mean, that's, just not gonna. Bruce that, Wayne is just the, not gonna do that. 
It's I mean, here's, he, here's, he does try. That's kind of the, that's kind of the purpose of the court of owls is they consistently like counteract that good humanitarian shit that Bruce Wayne does. But um, they, yeah. they also frame him always as like the good billionaire because yeah. he's not like them. But here's the thing. What is Bruce Wayne's class alignment or what is his class incentive? Like, does he understand his own class incentive? to, like, maintain his wealth and power. Because he does. Throughout the course of his adventures, he does maintain it. I just, yeah. I don't know if if he understands the, the, his class interest. And I mm -hmm. can't get past that. And I'm going to take that to my grave. Uh, hon. You've never carried something for three days. Carried your ass all the way through uh... All the way up the uh -huh. mountain. Of, uh, <laughs> a savage dungeon in Final Fantasy. We've never done savage content, huh? No. I don't have the patience for that. Yeah. Uh, but um, I... So here's a question. I guess based on normal D&D &D alignment, maybe not. But if we were to go with your, and I like this definition better of lawful anyways, would Batman, who does have his specific code, be lawful? Yes. Absolutely. Always. Then... Batman Batman is so fucking rigidly lawful using using my more flexible definition of lawful. Then I guess I'd say lawful neutral. I guess. Yeah. I I, I I vacillate a little bit between lawful neutral and lawful good with the with the caveat of depending on how you define good. And, like, whether or not we're counting Bruce Wayne in this equation as Batman. I think if it's just Batman, Batman, it's definitely lawful neutral. Yeah, um, if if not, if not worse. <laughs> yes. Um, lawful needs therapy. He has all this money and he can't afford a therapist? Well, I mean, how do you trust a therapist in Gotham City? Move! But then... But then who would take care of Gotham? Okay, get telehealth. You're so rich, you can pay someone to do telehealth with you. I don't have time for therapy. There's crimes. Just get in contact with one of the many telepaths you know, have them do a deep dive with you, and, like, physically overcome the manifestations of your trauma. Oh, great. Okay, and this is how he'll have another child, but this one's gonna be a weird bat child. Sorry, wait, no, that's Spider-Man that would do something like that. Wait a minute, do you think that the Scarecrow's fear hallucinations gas could be a therapeutic tool? No. Why not? Because I think it would be too traumatic an experience well, to you're have positive results. You're not doing what he does. Okay, well, then I don't know. And I'm not a therapist, so I feel like anything I say about it's going to be wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Uh, but, but yeah, was... okay. This was an interesting thought experiment. Yeah, it was fun. But you have, said you have some uh, alignment alternatives? Yes. Uh, so one I have personally used and actually see around a lot, which is fun because I arrived at it independent of those... Um, is swapping out good and evil and putting them in, like, their own specific little, like, slider, almost. And then swapping the axis that's good and evil for, uh, community- or, like, altruism or selfishness, or community or selfishness. 
Um, oh, I do like that. Yeah, because you can be, you can be lawful selfish, and it plays frequently like lawful evil, but not necessarily like it. Or you can be chaotic. I mean, chaotic altruism is also what Robin Hood did. Like that still keeps that idea of chaotic good, but also like lawful altruism would be, I don't know, someone who actually. I don't know, runs some sort of legitimate charity or something. I don't know. Fucking community organizers. Community organizers are lawful are lawful altruism. Um, no, that makes... I, I really do like that interpretation. Of course, for me, who's someone who really just doesn't make people stick to something like that, especially because uh, I think that Dungeons and Dragons, this is a radical statement I'm going to say, with emergent gameplay also comes emergent characterization and alignment. You might think that your character is this, but then as you're playing them, you're like, oh, not actually. Um, oh, yeah. And maybe this is because I usually these days play characters with a little less detailed backstory um, on purpose because when a good narrative hook hits... Then I'm like, well, okay, there's been some gaps that I missed. Well, okay, I'm going to fill those gaps in now to make this narrative better. But that's honestly just the writing school major in me. Mm. Oh, one sec. We have a little boy who's upset at the world for existing outside. How dare you drive that car past my window? Yeah. Cisco, I... come on. Yeah, one sec. I don't know. I, I've seen a lot out. of... I've seen a lot of interesting versions of alignment. Okay, we should be good. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen several new ones today actually that I'm that I'm excited about. Um, you, you know oh. what's a fun alignment mean template? What? Hmm. You know what's a fun alignment mean template I've seen around is a. Uh, on one alignment, it is a uh, gay, bisexual, <laughs> lesbian, and on the other one, it's distinguished, functional disaster That's so you could one. be a yeah. distinguished lesbian a disaster bisexual hello a functional gay so first of all all lesbians are disaster lesbians but no wait, sorry you have to say that like all women are queens all lesbians all are lesbians disaster are disasters that sounds mean i love lesbians um i just have a little bit of fear from them because there is a huge amount of British lesbian turfs out there. But I mean, this isn't there's about there, that. I just there's, have there's a there's a huge number of turfs in in the gay and lesbian community in every country. It's great. Uh, but uh, I really do like that chart. Um, yeah, that's a that's a very fun one. Uh, that is truthfully mostly fun for uh, for memeing, but it is also fun for conceptualizing your characters. I have absolutely had players and myself rolling to not be a disaster uh before which is very fun oh now i have an angry dog <laughs> hooray we all have angry dogs today i mean i'm just saying when we do our game one shot or when we do a fun shot i i do think at some point we should do um sexy battle wizard where your three stat, like for just a one shot, because it's a one page joke thing, and your three stats in that game are sexy battle 
and wizard. I mean, I'd I'd love to play I'd love to play the Dune one shot. Uh, mm -hmm. where oh I can't remember your skills now. It was like oh it was like dry and wet or something. Um, <laughs> but no. Uh, these 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 yeah, alignment there, there's charts. A, there's a lot of different I, things. I, I, um, sorry, Jamie. Yeah. If we're willing to put a little end cap on it. Uh, well, I still have other uh, other alternatives. I would like oh, to hear right. those. Uh, so, I know that, or I believe Masks does this. I know the Avatar tabletop game does this. Rather than alignment, you have two specific, like, drives, essentially, that you're trying to maintain balance between, and it can shift and whatnot. Like, um, the bold playbook has uh, one side is loyalty and the other side is confidence. Or, like, the Guardian is self-reliance and the other one is trust. And, like, that that can be interesting, having those two, like, okay, pick two virtues that are incongruous, generally, that you want to try and, like, find your point between. Uh, which, which can be neat, but is also, like, a little bit reductive at times, especially in the case of the Avatar game, because you're trying to maintain balance between them and not go too far in one way or the other. But when you do, you actually get a benefit for doing that. It it was a weird system and we didn't really get to do anything with it uh, in the playtest. Yeah, test. no, it, it doesn't sound terrible. It, it sounds different and yeah. something I'd have to delve in more to. Um, yeah. something, something else that I do like, you can kind of do that with your character's drives. Like, oh yeah, the ideals, bonds, and flaws in the character sheet, the thing that's most often left empty. Uh, like, you can kind of use that as another bit of information. Um, but something I do like is interstitial parts of the alignment chart. Uh, like, between neutral and good, you have decent. Uh, and between neutral and chaotic, you've got impulsive. That sort of thing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, so the one I'm looking at specifically, the midpoints are... Uh, between neutral and good, you've got decent. Between uh, lawful and neutral, you've got reasoned. Between neutral and evil, you've got selfish. And between neutral and chaotic, you've got impulsive. I do and like that. I, yeah, yeah. I like that because it provides people with more thoughts. Like, again, with all of the games I run, unless it really contradicts, like, your character's code because of paladin or cleric or something... I just like to use alignment for, like, guidelines. So having more options like that, or rather midpoints, uh, makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's fun, and you can sort of work that in a little bit. Um, but then you, if you want to break from that, there's one other one that I, I do really like, and I think it's interesting. Um, it's from, uh, Dame GM. Who's who's done a done a good bit of stuff, um, and I am I am taking this from a thing that they wrote. Uh, so like, credit where credit is due. It's an interesting thing, and I I'd be looking. I, I'd be interested in trying it at some point. Um, it's six, uh, six sliders essentially, each that is rated one out of four. So. Each of those six, I'm also going to copy this image into our chat because it might not make a ton of sense. Um, 
But so on one side, you've got selfish and selfless. Uh, for the next bar, it's practical versus idealistic, responsible versus capricious, lawful versus anarchic, tolerant versus intolerant, and progressive versus traditional. And in theory, if you're, like, not sure what you'd want to do, you'd go through those and roll 1d4 each time. And like, okay, yeah, I just, I just got this and this. Realistically, I think I'd probably cut tolerant versus intolerant on there because I'm not interested in either playing or having at the table an intolerant character. Uh, because fuck that. Um, but it gives a little bit of like adjustment to it. Like you can be, you can be anarchic, but practical as this character you can you can like finagle it a little bit and use that as a way of thinking about your character traits rather than like this is my alignment this is this is what i am allied with this is this is my like setup in relation to divine beings like a a neutral good character is not necessarily the same level of neutral good as like a celestial being but i don't know like th this feels like an interesting at least thought experiment like th this feels like yeah these six sections or five of the six sections would be a neat way to start to think about your character's personality which is what i think alignment suits best is just helping to inform personality and being a fallback whenever you are struggling to make a decision. I, at this point, I don't even see it as like a guide of what your character should be, but like a methodology for you to understand what you want to do with your character. Yeah. And I, again, that's, yeah. So I have one last one and I actually don't have a ton of experience with it, even though I played some of the game. Um, so I, I had a thought about it because it's not even completely an alignment system, but it was just another idea. And then I think we should get to our closing stuff. We started recording this pretty late for us. Um, so in Numenera, hey, like that thing we mentioned, um, there in the video game they made of Numenera called Tides of Numenera, they introduced the Tides. Um, and this is actually having the alignment system be an intrinsic part of the world like magnetism or gravity. Um, they are for, uh, forces that are linked to morality and behavior. And you start off neutral as your character because the plot of the game is that your character is basically sprung, like gets consciousness right at the beginning of the game. Uh, so you start off neutral and it's, um, this, okay. So I'm just kind of reading from the wiki now because that's what I'm doing today. Apparently, uh, tides and torment, uh, serve as more of an elaborate alignment system based on actions, not motivations. Um, and so this is based off the game because I did not have time to look up how it functioned because they did do an expand. They did do a book of adding the tides into a tabletop version of uh, Numenera. Um, and depending on your actions, you're either attuned to the blue tide, which is linked to wisdom, reason, enlightenment, knowledge, and mysticism. Um, philosophers and madmen can both be linked to this tide. Gold tide, tide that represents empathy, compassion, charity, and sacrifice. Those attuned to this tide can be just as well be philanthropists as they can be crime lords who care for their community for their own gain. Indigo tide, tide symbolizing justice, 
equity, compromise, and the greater good. Lawmakers as well as tyrants can be associated with this tide. I think I'm noticing a pattern with how they're fr framing these. And Roll tide, tide, where you like football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Red Tide is emotion, passion, action, pathos, and zeal. Uh, they can be artists, revolutionaries, or zealots. And Silver Tide, uh, which is linked to fame, admiration, and power. Those attuned to this tide want to leave their mark on history or influence others. And they actually have a kind of interesting questionnaire. So you, even though if you're like linked to one, that doesn't mean you're linked to any of them. It's kind of, oh, I always forget the name of the chart if I remember correctly. Oh, it's just like a hex chart where like you start getting pulled in different directions based on what your actions dictate. Um, I really, in when we do a realignment episode, I hope to have actual experience with this. Because, um, like, they do actually have a questionnaire, like, having questions like saying, loss of life is a tragedy, but why is it a tragedy? And then it has, like, an answer that would reflect each hmm. of the colors. That's um, really cool. Like, yeah, I'll just, like, read one of them for that question. Blue is, death is only tragic if the person's knowledge and wisdom are lost to them. Um, red, which was the passion one, is death is not inherently tragic. Uh, life lived in drudgery and boredom is truly tragic, regardless of how long or short that life is. Everyone dies. Not everyone really lives. Um, and, and so I like that questionnaire, and I'm, I'll post that in chat in a minute. Uh, but it's, again, I, I only remembered this literally during the last uh, example you were giving there. And I'm kind of hoping, I did not check if I got that hum in the Humble Bundle, because I do not own the book version of Tides of Numenera, unless I do, because I did the Humble Bundle. Uh, which, again, if you're listening to this any time after the first day we have it up, that bundle is, uh, is not there anymore. But I think, like with most of our topics, we could probably talk about this all night. Uh, because... I could give good examples of some other characters that I played with morality, um, which honestly I should save that because I know we want to talk about with our friend how she's played with characters with differing moralities before. Um, I'm just excited for our astral refrain alignment chart that is just a Hertzbrun Russell diagram with all of the different uh, star deities. Honestly, I should do that. Um, or it's just. Uh, good versus evil, and I just have Eric Erickson, or Erickson's son, Von Erickson, on, like, good, and everyone else is just comparably evil, even though you're almost all really good people. Um, especially, I, no, no, um, so let's do our plugs for the evening. Where can we find your other podcast, Miles and Jay? Uh, it's that's on our book fair on all places you get podcasts. Yeah, and it's on also, Twitter. Yeah, at on our book fair on Twitter. And there's even an email. You could send us anything you want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we're going to be finishing Percy Jackson, and that's actually coming out, in theory, a little bit earlier because we normally oh, record fuck. on Thursdays and <laughs> we don't want to record uh, on yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, we're going to do that tomorrow, actually. I do not know. Yeah, it's totally understandable. I also, I, I have not been feeling great either. That's why I said in theory, uh, we're we're the same people who accidentally ended up having to take like a month off of recording, if not more than that. So you know, if if you've been following us, 
hopefully you're all right with that. We have no schedule. But you know who's yeah. sometimes on a schedule? It's uh, Jay's streaming channel, One Int Wizard. That's O N E I N T Wizard on Twitch, on Twitter, and on the moon. And on everything. I have a link to the link tree, which does have links to most of every project we've mentioned today. Um, oh, yeah. I still need to give you the stuff for that. Oops. Oh, no problem. I will get that up for you as well. And we stream, uh, right now we're only streaming Astral Refrain because, uh, we're going through some huge life changes on the J's are at the moment, and we're figuring out what we're doing with a lot of stuff, but well, We're gonna try to get onto video games too soon. Yep. And Astral Refrain is, uh, almost every Sunday at 7.30pm Eastern Standard. It's a pretty wicked fun when the computer lets it be, uh, Treasure Planet, uh, slash, like, She-Ra inspired, uh, just kind of high adventure game. And it's just a good time. It's a good time with some good people, and we will be doing it this week, uh, but we will not be doing it the following week because we will be coming back from an eight-hour drive that day. Uh, in the words of the voice of our generation, it is a that stream is a cromulent fuck-crustable. But it's a good, fun time, and hopefully uh, after Thanksgiving, we can start planning some of our other projects that we may or may not have more or less time with honestly we don't know with the way life is what's gonna happen next week are you between the ages of 20 and 35 maybe probably 20 and 40 do you feel secure about your future at all i'd love to hear about it yeah how'd you manage that you hear a little bit of slurping sound effects <laughs> that's our boy he's licking his chops yeah our little boy jumped oh. up on the couch between us you want dinner it's a little late we love everybody and thank you all for listening. We will go feed our dog now. Oh, he sneezed on me. down to the TTRPG factory with my guys and my gals, my non-binary pals. Everybody's hanging around. It's shooting the sheet. Did you clap? Oh, shit. <laughs>